question yourself and your assumptions around sex being dirty, naughty, rude, because it is a beautiful thing that connects you with your own body and your spirituality. We are way overdue to dump the word clean to describe someone who is tested negative to STIs. But if you're referring to sex all the time as naughty or dirty, you're giving negative connotations of something that's very natural and very normal. Joining me on the line is your favourite resident sexologist, expert, pleasure expert, uh, therapist, Tanya Coons here. Welcome, Tanya. Hey, Maya. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Not not in the flesh yet, but one day. Yeah, soon, soon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, today's episode, I think, is something that is maybe not necessarily unusual, but pretty fitting considering the segment. We're going to be talking to you about how to talk about sex. Um, Now, I want you to text in on 0409-945-945. What are some descriptive words uh, that either you've used in the past or someone you know has used or it's common rhetoric, common term? What are some words that you think we should dump? So, I am at fault a lot of the time for saying that it, something is either naughty and comparing it to being nice. So we can just dump the word naughty in that context right into the bin. Tanya, <laughs> do you have a word you think we should uh, dump just off the top of your head? Uh, yeah, there's one that I hear banded about a lot, which is um, marital duties. Oh, yeah. Uh, really, like, there's nothing sexy about that. Nothing at all. It goes against consent. It doesn't feel like it's something that anybody would want to do. So, uh, yeah, let's get that in the bin. Let me know your word that you want to dump on 0409-945-945. We're going to read them out. We're going to have a little dictionary of no-no words. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because we are talking about how to talk about sex. Now, Tanya, why is this important? To talk about sex? Yeah, well, if you're interested in pleasure your own or your partner's, then you're going to need to be able to talk about sex. I don't know anybody who has good sex that kind of just fumbled and guessed their way into being a good lover. (laughs) If you think about it in that context, right, if you want to be good at sex, if you want to enjoy a lot of sex, if you want to make sure your partner's having pleasure when they engage with you, then it's going to come about from bringing curiosity about your own body and also your partner's body into that framework, right? Because if we can't talk about sex, then we can't say what we like. We can't say what we want. We can't ask for things to stop or to change. We literally can't express ourselves. And and I don't know about you, Maya, but when I'm unable to get things out or express myself, I find myself stuck in my head. And then I'm guessing or I'm worrying or I might even be tolerating something, not necessarily just sex, but whatever's going on because I haven't got the words to say, hey, I don't want this or I do want that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what we're doing is if we're up in our heads, we're less time in our bodies enjoying the sexy experiences. And that to me feels like we're going to have a pretty lackluster experience because it's more about the worry and that what should I do, what if type scenarios rather than the, oh, my goodness, this feels really fantastic. Mm. Yeah, completely. Now, I think (laughs) I know the answer to this one and I hope you do too, but is there a wrong way to talk about sex? 
a wrong way. Yeah, I mean, it's that's an interesting word. There are lots of ways that don't work very well. There, are, yeah, there are lots of ways that are wrong. Uh, I think uh, feeling entitled to sex or demanding sex is not okay at all ever. So that I put a big wrong next to that one. <laughs> Capital letters, all of them. Um, coercion is not sexy and it just isn't okay you know one of the components of the definition of domestic violence is whining begging and wheedling for sex right that's part of what sets up domestic violence that was really shocking to me when I heard it because I know a lot of that goes on it's really not cool and people need to be able to say no safely and have that no heard no isn't the beginning of a campaign to talk you into something right it's, even if you're in a monogamous relationship, it's important to remember your partner is not responsible for your sex life or your sexual needs. You can learn to negotiate and compromise when it's time. And, and you can also learn when it's time to take matters into your own hands. Masturbation is sex, right? It's different, but it's still sex. So if your partner doesn't want to have sex, this, that's something to bring your curiosity to and to talk about as we're talking about today. You know, what's happening for them? Is it work for, to do sex? Is it what they like? Are they having any pain? Are they tired? Are they distracted? Um, and when you're having this sort of talk, you need to do it with kindness and generosity, not in a demanding and entitled way. You know, not like, why don't you want to have sex? What's wrong with giving me head? That kind of stuff doesn't fly. Right. So that's that's one of the not great ways to talk about sex. Another one is criticism, right? It's not it's not a wonderful way to talk about sex with your partner if you're going to be critical. If you want things to go differently, talk about yourself and what it is that you want. Always be responsible for yourself, right? Saying you, 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 you to people sort of covers with a pointy finger action and it feels very accusatory and people don't listen, right? And if you tell people that they're getting it wrong, how do you think they're going to feel? Mm. They're be defensive. They're going to feel like you can't tell me what to do. They're going to feel unconfident. But if you bring things up in a way like, you know, I really enjoy kissing this way. Would you be up for trying it like that? Or my genitals can get very sensitive during sex. Do you think we could slow down or concentrate on a particular area or maybe touch me in this way, right? These are really gentle ways that we can talk to somebody about something that we'd like, right? Rather than, you know, I haven't really been enjoying the sex we have. And um, unless something changes, I think we're not going to do it anymore, right? That, that kind of feels really threatening, really judgmental, really critical. And it's, it's going to serve to shut down any conversations about sex rather than helping you put it out there. Mm, 100%. Yeah, tricky area, isn't it? Because most people find it really, really hard to start a conversation about sex, what they might like, that sort of thing. Yeah, we're going to come right back on Let's Talk About Sex and go into why using some words um, are harmful. But first, this is Thelma Plama with Body Do The Talking. You're on FBI 94.5. Oh, 
Thelma Plum, Body Do the Talking right there from the deluxe, uh, deluxe version sorry, of her new album, Better in Black. Uh, big shout out to the person who texted in on 0409-945-945 saying we are way overdue to dump the word clean to describe someone who is tested negative to STIs. Tanya and I could not agree any harder about that. Yeah, and then see, this is another conversation about sex, isn't it? So if somebody has an STI, they've got a sexually transmitted infection. Mm. What makes that dirty? What makes that terrible? What makes them unlovable, unfuckable? You know, we, we're getting if you're in the same room as somebody who's got a cold. I mean, I think we're having this conversation in interesting times because it's COVID and everybody's <laughs> very paranoid about contracting illnesses. But generally, you know, most sexually transmitted infections are very treatable. Mm. There's only a few that hang around. They are also treatable these days. They're no longer uh, death sentences, things like HIV and AIDS. And even herpes, so many people, they're, they're worried when they contract it. What are other people going to say about me, think about me? And this is the death of my sex life. I have people come and see me very many times with this sort of stuff. Mm. And then so afraid to talk about it with partners when they learn the language and when they learn to be able to do it it's um it's really liberating for them because often the things that they've been scared of do not happen people are like oh i thought you were going to tell me that you were pregnant or something like major that we were going to have to deal with this is fine are you taking medications i've heard about herpes how do we work with it so there it's a conversation it's not a death sentence mm. So thank you so much, person, for texting that in. Really relevant point to make for today. Extremely. Now, why, Tanya, can using words like dirty or naughty when talking about sex be harmful? Um, well, because unless you're using those words in sort of like sexual fantasy talk, you know, like I want to meet your nerdy girl when I come home from work tonight, that's okay. But if you're referring to sex all the time as naughty or dirty, then you're giving negative connotations of something that's very natural and very normal. The way I view things is that every single person on the planet is a sexual being. Uh, the only reason that we start thinking about things of, of sex of being naughty, disgusting, filthy, shameful, is when politicians and religions get their hands on sex as a way of controlling people. Because when you think about it, it's the one thing that we all have in common. It's an equalizer. Right. And so it's the words and languages about sex and also our bodies. Right. I had a doctor once say to me, it was a sports doctor, and I was like, right, I'm going in to see you about my knees. I'm not walking very well, blah, blah, blah. And she said to me, All right, Tanya, I'm going to ask you to do something rude now. And I was quite taken aback. I was like, Rude. Okay. What are you going to ask me? And she asked me to take my clothes off because she wanted to stand at me to look at my balance. And I gave her a really big talking to and said, How? You're a doctor. Surely you would see all kinds of bodies all day, every day. What is rude about a naked body? And she looked at me and said, I've never thought about it that way. And I said, well, what you're doing is each person you say that that's rude to is telling them there's something wrong with their body being naked. Mm. I had a very big chat about it. And she said, yep, I'm going to change the way I do things. I'm like, great. Oh, so it's the messages we're putting out there. You know, if, if we're saying that sex is something that's disgusting also, why is, the, why is the world obsessed with sex and things that are disgusting? Usually people are obsessed with and interested in things that they want to do that will bring them pleasure. 
So why is our language not more around, this is a really great thing that you can do. This is a normal thing. This is a natural thing. Rather than sort of forcing sex and sexual acts into some sort of funnel that it's only got to be a certain way and in inverted commas, normal, whatever mm. the hell that is, right? My definition of normal sex is six words. Any sexual act between consenting adults, right? The last two words are the operational words, mm. consenting and adults. Who can't give consent? Children, animals, dead people, inebriated people, and people with mental impairment. Oh, no. What? Oh, there's another one. I've forgotten. It's not mental impairment. But, yeah, unconscious people. That's it. So those are the people that can't give consent. The rest of us all can, right? So if we're consenting to do stuff with one or more people and it's it's kind of different to the person next to you, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just different. Different doesn't necessarily mean better or worse. I think that's a very important thing for us to remember. Excellent point, as always, Tanya. Um, now, what are some other ideas or words that could be used when talking about sex that you think should be dropped? We've had someone texting about clean. Um, yeah. I've also mentioned the words dirty, naughty in certain contexts. What else can we drop? Yeah. Uh, words like disgusting. Uh, it's, you know, really? I don't think so. Uh, things like conjugal rights and wifely duties, lying back and thinking of England, all these messages that are put out there that that make sex some form of duty or, or obligation to somebody, they need to go. The sex is something that people need to come towards willingly uh, and, and with consent. What I would do is when you're hearing when you're hearing these words, question yourself and your assumptions around sex being dirty, naughty, rude, um, because it is a beautiful thing that connects you with your own body and yourself and your spirituality and your energy and all of those things in your partner. So how are any of those things dirty or rude? Ask yourself that question. Like, Look at where these ideas come from, because I think so many people learn these ideas from the church and at school and sometimes from parents who have brought into things, teachers. It's really interesting. Whose voice is that in your head? Who's telling you that the thing that you've just discovered on the weekend is filthy or disgusting? Is it society or is it, you know, is it your partner? Because really the, the people that you need to be concerned with are yourself and the people that you're, you're being sexy with. What other people think about you, not so much. Always such sage advice here and Let's Talk About Sex from Tanya Coons, our resident sexologist. We're going to go to another song just for a moment and then come back to discuss more about the shame element of using particular words and verbiage when talking and discussing sex. So don't go anywhere. This one's by Jess B and it needs a language warning. It's called We're That Filth. Uh-uh, yeah. Jess B, uh-uh. Just be with We That Filth here on FBI Radio. I'm with Tanya Coons right here on Let's Talk About Sex. And we have been talking about how to talk about sex on Let's Talk About Sex. Uh, <laughs> what uh, I'm going to use the word naughty in this sense. What 
words are naughty to use and the way that they can promote stigma and shame. And on that, we're going to go into this next segment, this next part of the segment. If we're dropping words that relate to sex back to shame when we're talking about them, how, Tanya, does that reframe the conversation? Ah, this is a great question. What it does is it takes the shame away from sex, right? If we take away any judgmental or pejorative words, then it's making sex something that's natural and normal and an okay thing to do, right? There's so much shame and stigma around sex. It simply blows my mind. I have a lot of people coming to see me and their bodies are preventing them from having sex by clamping up or getting tense because they've been told and they've learned at a visceral level that uh, sex is bad or disgusting or filthy. Uh, and then they also think then that it's a terrible thing to talk about sex. Again, because uh, there's shame associated with it. And I'm like, wow, you know, it's something that almost everyone on the planet does and, it and feels, how can that be a bad thing? But when you look at it, you know, also everybody on the planet goes to the toilet and that's not really good to talk about, uh, but everyone on the planet breathes, we can talk about that. So I'm really wondering what it is about things with the body and bodily functions that folks find disgusting and not okay. I've often said that sex is personal development, right? You can explore yourself, you can explore your body, your connection with your partner and your lovers. Sex is not penetration. It's many, many things. And language can embrace this. Sex is about touch, it's connection, it's caress. It's kissing, licking, touching, tickling, teasing, tantalizing, biting, giggling, gasping, orgasming, floating, engaging, exploring. All those words. I just got rushes in my body saying each and every one of those words uh, because they're, they're, they're showing you, I guess, what it is like and, and parts of engaging sex. None of those words to me feel filthy disgusting, terrible, rude, naughty, or bad, right? So if we're giving language like that, we're going to be able to open things up. And when you think about sex, you know, it's, it's with yourself as well. There's also stigma around masturbation and saying the word masturbation. I think that whether sex is solo or with, with others, something important for us to know that sex is relational. It is procreational. It's physical. It's all about pleasure and touch and feeling it's radical it's political to talk about sex it can be spiritual it can be transcendent it's a really great way to stop the world and get off it for a few hours it's many many things but for me it's not dirty it's not disgusting and it's definitely not bad there we go the main takeaway it's not bad tanya <laughs> thank you so much for sharing all of your wise wisdom again on another excellent episode of Let's Talk About Sex. Um, we'll be back in a fortnight discussing more about the shame element. Yes, we're going to talk a little bit about shame and we have something else to talk about too. What is now ready, Maya? We have a very special playlist for you. It is the Let's Talk About Sex. Uh, I'm going to call it the sexy playlist. Yes. It's a very, <laughs> it's a special playlist because it was one that was compiled by you tuning into the show, and by some FBI Radio volunteers, and it is a full stack of songs to help you get in the mood. 
it's ready now and you can follow it um, on the FBI Radio Spotify. So if you're on Spotify, um, just look up FBI Radio and you'll see everything there. Look up Let's Talk About Sex and you'll be able to see all of the songs in full. Maybe test them out. And you can send us in songs to add to that as we go along. It's going to be a growing thing, I understand. Yes, yes. Fantastic. We're going to be adding more music to the playlist with each episode. So who knows? Maybe you can try a bunch of different ones every now and then. Yeah, send us your sexy songs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or text them in 0409-945-945. You can listen back to Let's Talk About Sex wherever you get your podcasts from. 